Lauren, do you know what the great thing about this podcast is? It feels like a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's my opinion! Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Lauren. Today we're going to be discussing a film which you may have heard of. Highly controversial, crazy, very much within the zeitgeist. We're going to be talking about Don't Worry Darling. Me and Sam went to see this in the cinema together in like, was it Freshers Week? Close. It close. was It was like around close. the start of the term and we went to see it in the cinema together and we were both kind of like after it. We need a minute to just go away and and we haven't really spoke about it since. since. And I mean, you've seen it, we've both seen it one mm-hmm. more time. Yes. I saw it. Last night. Um, I rewatched it last night. <laughs> Sam spent £20, 20 on pounds. this. But he has it for life. I saw it in the cinema twice. Loved it both times. Watching it for a second time was very, very interesting. And I saw it with three people who haven't seen it. And, like, just watching their reactions to, you know, the whole... I'm going to be intrigued to discuss because I, my opinions have definitely reformulated since then. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Okay, okay. Let's get into it. Perfect. This one, we're going to go through the key facts. We're going to go through the key points. We've got some, we've got some summary for mm-hmm. you. So Don't Worry Darling was released in 2022 and was directed by Olivia Wilde. It had a screenplay by Katie Silverman based on a story by Carrie and Shane Van Dyke. Music by John Powell. The director of photography was Matthew Libertique. Production designer was Katie Byron and it stars Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Chris Pine, Gemma Chan, Olivia Wilde, Nick Kroll and Kiki Lane. It grossed around $86 million at the box office which is moderate but it has a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. (gasps) Wait I'm sorry I didn't even know that. (laughs) But it has a 74% audience score. Okay. So the 38% was critics. Okay. And then it has a 48 on Metacritic, which indicates mixed or average reviews. Yes. Okay. So that's the summary for you. How do we want to dive into this, Lauren? Do we want to talk about do you want to talk about the kind of controversy surrounding this film first? Or Okay. Yeah. Let's briefly touch on this. Touch because... on this because I feel like we can't not talk about it. Yeah, it's definitely a key part of the I think the movie's success, honestly. It will forever be... I will. I don't think I'll ever be able to look at the movie and not see the controversy that's happened. Mm-hmm. Especially because Olivia Wilde is actually in it, not just, just yeah. the director. I'll go through the timeline of what I know. I haven't constructed a thorough timeline. If you're really interested, go and look it up yourself. <laughs> We're not going to do that. But it started off... Um, Shia LaBeouf was initially mm-hmm. attached to, but he was going to play Jack. But then he he left the project, and Harry Styles came yes. and took over um, in 2020. So it was filming; it was all going along um, perfectly, kind of fine. And I remember when the teaser was released for this. It was like in it was last year. It was last it year. It was a teaser. No one knew anything about the controversy, and everyone was just freaking out over Harry Styles and, and Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Because I remember watching that trailer and literally being like, oh my, my god, gosh. it is the two people who I've always said <laughs> are like, my like whole past, you know what I mean? Like, the two people that I'm like, I don't care who I'm with, Harry and Flo, I'm sorry, but yes. But, but yeah, no one knew about yeah. it before then. But then... I think it was mainly this year, and it was kind of earlier. And um, 
Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde start dating. That gains a lot of kind of attention and people are going, oh, on the set, what happened, etc., etc. But then over time, I'm not sure what order, but there's rumours of a feud between Florence Pugh. Miss Flo. Miss Flo and Olivia <laughs> Wilde and not getting along on set. And in, oh, I should preface that, at CinemaCon. Did you, do you know about this? I don't know. <gasps> do you not know about this? Oh, this is amazing. Okay, at on. CinemaCon, which is a big presentation mm-hmm. for kind of people who own theatres um, in the US, and Olivia Wilde was there presenting Don't Worry Darling. Yeah. She was engaged to Jason Sudeikis, and they had two kids together, um, but they're currently in the midst of a kind of a battle, I think. I'm not too sure. But on stage, um, she was served custody papers. What? At CinemaCon whilst she was presenting. The videos, it's really uncomfortable. Oh um, God, I didn't Jason Sudeikis has said that he doesn't know. He didn't. He wasn't aware of the kind of situation and what happened. But that kind of happened and that kind of started some of the controversy. And I think feeding off from that, there were rumours that Florence Pugh was uncomfortable with the way that Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde were flirting on set whilst she was still with Jason yes, Sudeikis. Because, uh, yeah, because Florence was friends with... Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde as a couple. Supposedly. And then then we go on. Then it, it mm-hmm. keeps going. Time goes on and then um, Olivia Wilde does some interviews saying that she fired Shia LaBeouf because of his behaviour. So what does Shia LaBeouf do? <sighs> he releases the receipts and he basically says, you did not fire me. Um, that was a lie. I decided to leave the project. And he sends the texts and then he also releases an infamous the, video the video the video do you want to talk about the video okay so the thing is about the video i was slightly confused as to why it got like so much controversy purely because the only thing that olivia wilde kind of says regarding florence is obviously she calls her miss flow but other than that she's just kind of like hopefully florence is gonna like get her out together now because of this well i think the main reason it was controversial was because it basically showed how she didn't fire him and that she wanted Shire to stay. Oh, because she was so, yeah. And then, but then obviously Miss Flo is what well, triggered more things. Yeah. The film premieres at the Venice Film Festival, um, but Florence Pugh is not there to promote it. And this has been going on for a while. She has barely done any promotion for this movie at all, which kind of ignites the rumours of a feud between her and Olivia. And then... At the film festival, she's not there because she's shooting a movie. That's that's what mm. happens um, at a very awkward press conference. But at the same time the press conference is going on, or as soon as it's wrapping up, Florence Pugh is landing in Venice, basically living her best life, having a drink. Um, have you seen that video? You know, the one of her walking in, like, the purple outfit? Yes. That's that's supposedly at the same time oh as a conversation. So this kind of conflicts over whether was she really filming or not. That's kind of the whole thing. Yeah. And then the the, the, the premiere happens. <laughs> They're kind of standing really awkwardly and apart from each other. Harry is stood, did not speak to Olivia the entire night. Exactly. And people were like, oh my God, have they broken up? I personally think it was more of just like a, from a professional standpoint of to like, not let's not draw attention yeah. to this. But I think by deciding to do that, it actually ended up drawing more, more attention. attention. Because like, I don't know if you've seen many videos, Sam, of like, um, Olivia at Harry's concerts, like on tour. Yeah. And she's dancing and loving it. And I'm mm. like, you're publicly showing that you're still a thing, you're still very much into this. It was part of the something with PR. Do you think? I don't know. But also at the premiere, 
Chris Pine is taking two things. Chris Pine is taking pictures of Florence Pugh on a <gasps> disposable so camera. Cute. That was amazing. I loved that. That was so good. No, that literally was so, so cute. Um, but then we get on to Spitgate. Um, <laughs> and do what you say what you think, but people are conflicted as to whether Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine. I don't actually have an opinion anymore. I'm kind of fed up about it. I'm, I'm kind of over it. Like, yeah. it was funny at the time. And then as soon as it kind of, like the attention around it like disintegrated i was just kind of like i don't he obviously didn't spit on chris pine and then like the fact that harry like joked about it at one of his did you see that how he joked about it at one of his concerts like come on i get from you look like you want to say something sam no 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 it's good (laughs) don't tell me you think no 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 i don't think i don't think he spit on chris pine i promise you um no to be fair right from the video i'm kind of like i see it's very very it does look like sus. it looks like something's going on you know in the sense that like he looks down and harry kind of like is hovering over him and stuff like, i do kind of get it but also like you don't see anything why would he spit on chris pine and also at the venice film festival there's various interviews um chris pine is the most memeable man <laughs> i think in history at this point so he he's kind of got his head laid back and then whilst harry is talking oh. he says it feels like a movie, you know, a real like go to the movies movie. <laughs> um, so, so Chris, and Chris Pine is almost just dissociating, and that's the basically the rundown of the drama. Yeah. We we said we wouldn't talk about it a lot, but we have. Yeah. So, but why you can't not? This is the thing. Like this film is so set. Like the actual sort of setup of the film is so related to all of the drama regarding it and when i was watching it i was so conscious of the drama throughout and like also just watching it and kind of being like oh my god i can't believe olivia wilde is with harry like just seeing them two on screen together i think at the end of the day i don't think you'll ever be able to separate it from this movie Mm -hmm. if there was a feud or not we won't ever know yeah I think it is unfortunate in a way that it did happen. I would have been really interested to see what would have happened outside of the feud. I think it would have got enough attention from kind of the steaminess of the trailers, which we'll get onto later. Mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde was an, a really kind of up and coming kind of directing her second uh, feature film. And Harry Styles was in it, who's one of the most famous men on the planet right now. And then Florence Pugh, who is one of the most amazing actresses mm-hmm. currently living mm-hmm. on this world. But I, I think it's a shame that it did end up having all of that controversy. Yeah, me too. Should we finally get on to the actual, yeah, okay. the actual movie? We're going to go run through the plot first and talk about kind of the story elements mm-hmm. that we liked. And then we're going to talk about the acting and... The directing. The directing. And also we kind of want to look at like some plot holes and kind of like things that were left unanswered and things that we found frustrating because I think I think me and you can both agree we really liked the movie but mm. there's definitely parts of it looking back where I'm like yeah but that doesn't make sense and like yeah but why wouldn't that have happened and stuff like that so we kind yeah. of just want to delve there's into there's a that. lot that I want to talk about in that regard yeah. I think I will preface it off the start I think you like the movie more than me I think I like the movie more than you yeah. purely because I think I'm such a dedicated Harry Styles yeah, fan that it's hard not to yeah like seeing Harry because I've not seen Dunkirk which is obviously <gasps> the movie that he's in I tried to watch it and then stopped because i got bored oh it's it's so good i I am gonna watch it though because we can cut this out by the way but my granddad my granddad's dad was on one of the first men on the beaches of dunker and i know like nothing about his story his life so i feel like i need to watch it just to kind of like because i get the general concept you need to watch dunker lauren you need to watch dunker um harry styles um 
I think that the reason I prefer it over Sam is purely because I'm obsessed with Harry Styles and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm supportive of his acting within this. We were watching like a little scene before me and Sam were laughing so much at like <laughs> moments, but we can we can delve into that. Yes, we'll delve. Um, so we will start, we'll try and be kind of concise, but equally kind of encompass everything that we can because it's, there's a lot, it's kind of a lot to work your head around. Mm-hmm. So we open the movie and it starts off with a dinner party that all of them are having, kind of all of the friends, Alice and Jack and Bunny and her husband. And they're kind of kissing and Mm -hmm. drinking. Um, And then you see um, Jack and Alice. I should preface as well. Why didn't I say this? Go on. Jack is is played by Harry Styles and Alice is played by Florence Pugh. They're kind of the main antagonists. Mm -hmm. And Olivia Wilde plays Bunny. Um, who's Alice's kind of friend and someone else living in in this kind of world that they are in. And um, Chris Pine. And Chris Pine plays, plays Frank. Frank. Um, we'll get on to, we'll kind of specify other names when we get mm-hmm. on to it. Yeah. Um, but you see these friends having a nice little party and then Alice and Jack basically drive around doing donuts in a car. In car. I do love. I do love the way that looks. I do I, love the cinematography. I love the way it looks, and I think that the first time I watched it, just seeing Harry and Flo together, like I think I liked how soon it was just Jack and Alice on screen, um, and seeing those two together, and I remember just being like, "Yes, I'm so excited." But that that is one moment where I think that I do see kind of the believable, some believable chemistry between them. I think other points in the movie, I did doubt it personally, but I think there I did kind of see them as a couple in love. Yeah. Yeah. And then we open up on a nice, typical, casual morning. Um, Alice is cooking Jack a fry-up before he goes off to work for the day. Um, and it's all kind of very set up, this kind of 1950s-esque yeah, world. Yeah. And it looks very good, and they're all kind of charming husband and wife. Mm-hmm. And you see all these mm-hmm. men go off to work in these really classic cars. Also just, like, in the suburb. Yes. Like in the little, and they all reverse at the same time. Yeah. It's really in sync. Yeah, but I think like in ter- like other than the sort of visuals of it, like the way it's in sync, and you know, I think the whole p- bit with like the food in in this movie is so like aesthetic. Aesthetic, yeah. Um, but in terms of like the actual setup, you know, like we were saying, it's like a nineteen fifties kind of environment, and the set mimics that. It felt very realistic. Like, it did not feel as though this was going to result the way it did. It did just feel like a very happy couple and saying goodbye, going off to work. Like, it's so unassuming. Mm. I really like the beginning of it. Yeah, I think it it is very aesthetically pleasing. Mm -hmm. I like the aesthetics of Mm -hmm. it. But kind of within that setup as well, we eventually learn that this community that they're living in is called Victory. Mm -hmm. And it's this community where all the men go off um, at the start of the day and all that we know is that they're working with new materials that's all they know they're working yeah. with this kind of progress thing and they all go to work as well to this mountain yeah. top thing and so whilst you see that happening alice is going about her day she is hoovering she's doing some washing um she's kind of taking everything in having a really mm-hmm. nice time and then she goes off and does some ballet the ballet, Sam, oh no, like, <laughs> what was that? So yeah, all of these wives are doing um, doing ballet. Interestingly, not Bunny, 
which is a point oh, that yeah. I think about that I'll talk about later. Okay. But you kind of meet all some other kind of wives there, and it's all controlled by Shelley, who's Frank's wife, and Frank Shelley. is the leader, and it's played by Gemma Chan. So She's good. Beautiful. So stunning. She is beautiful. And then comes Violet. Are we going to talk about Violet? Yes, go for it. So Violet enters. She's labelled as a new wife. A new wife, yeah. Um, or like a, like a new couple have moved in. It's Violet and... Do you know his name? I forgot his name. <laughs> I feel like I should know it. Should I dig quickly? That's looking up. Just... No, you talk about it. You, you keep okay, talking. Okay. I'll look up. So Violet comes in and... She is very obviously timid, shy. Not really much else to say about her from because she doesn't speak. Um, but she's just presented as very like shy. She looks young, is like the way I describe it. But anyway, they're introduced like this young new couple, blah blah blah. And then you just see them kind of dance around. And then, but Shelley though, Alice is dancing and doing. I don't know ballet, but ballet t- ballet terms. <laughs> and she comes up and puts her hand. <gasps> Oh, yeah. And kind of talking about posture. Yeah. Was I kind of thought, felt it was both controlling but sexually charged. I, I thought that just from, like, the placement of the hands. And, like, I swear she touches her neck as well. Does she, doesn't she, like, li- like touch her neck to, like, lift her chin up or yes, something? Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's just us kind of, like, deep in it because they're both two very beautiful actresses. <laughs> Maybe. So... Then we move on to, after kind of the ballet, Alice is starting to cook and she comes across some eggs. Oh, the eggs. And the eggs have nothing in them. Rewatching it a second time, part of me wonders if it was too soon, suddenly setting up this kind of how things are weird. But I still mm. kind of like how throughout you kind of have this build up of odd things happening and not being kind of explained. Yeah, I think that like, to be honest, I, I'd say I slightly disagree just because, like, obviously we've mm. already seen the men all go into the Victory Project. The opening scene was enough of this sort of, like, setup of this, like, idealistic life and blah, blah, blah. I quite liked how how um, it was chosen to, like, implant subtle little things that kind of, like, slowly build up to being this, like, really bizarre world and... You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I just think it was the first scene for me. Like, I didn't know if I love the later bits, but I just rewatching mm-hmm. it for the second time, I was like, oh, that happened quicker than I remember. But yeah. uh, but it is but it is the way it's just done is and delivered by Florence Pugh is just I love it. So then we get on to the end of the day, and Jack comes back home. Alice has made a lovely roast, which looks really good. Um, all laid out on the dining table. table and then they have some sexy times very um and you you know what we mean when yeah. we're talking about about the sexy times also, we don't have to specify yeah. which bit i think what i found frustrating about the sexy times that happens is just how well there's a lot of things i found frustrating about it but initially how fast it happens it happens this man walks in the door they kiss and then next thing you know boom it's done over 
And it's so disappointing <laughs> because they advertise this stuff. I literally, I watched the trailer for Don't Worry Darling and I immediately put on my Snapchat private story, um, Harry plus Flo and the dining table, if you know, you know, how am I going to wait until October for this? Oh my God, it was the biggest letdown. <laughs> I'm like, why did they, why did they make this such a prominent part of the trailer for it to just be so quickly skimmed over and we don't know maybe things happened that were cut from the movie i do know that um olivia wilde was saying that supposedly more was cut of of sex scenes that does make sense because oh my god it was so fast the problem i have with it is i'm sure it must have been very very nice but there's a whole roast on the table she's been slaving away all day and what happens? It all gets knocked to the side. Honestly, the only thing left there is the chicken. The and I'm going like, if I had a roast yeah. with no sides, I, what are you going to do with that? Like, well, I'm all for pleasure, but like, you could have got to the bed. I'm sorry as well, but like the first, that was the first thing I thought. Like, I wasn't even bothered about <laughs> the sexual activity happening on this dining table. I was bothered about the fact that there was a load of food wasted <laughs> on the floor. And also, I was thinking like, right. After this happens, aka 30 seconds later, <laughs> does she just start cleaning up all of the... Like, do they eat it off the floor? Like, I want to know. I'm not even bothered about this bit. I just want to know, like, what the hell happened I want to know food. what happened to all those vegetables, all those potatoes. <laughs> it actually really berated me. I was, I was really annoyed. But I get what you mean. I think it was marketed. It was clever because, obviously, that was the marketing and it's what got people interested. But it was just so quick. And I just mm-hmm. think it was so... <sighs> so after the sexy times, <laughs> we kind of... The next part that we move on to, that the main bit, is there's a nice party at the house of the leader of Victory, Frank, played by Chris Pine. And you kind of see this... There's this model of, this. I think, the second part of Victory... There's going to be a second phase of victory. Oh, yes. So they've got this diorama model. And then Frank kind of comes down from the kind of the house in like quite ominous and he's in shades. And he gives this long rambling monologue about victory. All of the husbands and wives are looking on kind of mesmerized. He's like, thank you for this effort. He is like a god to them. Yes. And then Miss Margaret, queen. Kiki Lane, so good. Absolute queen. We didn't get enough of her in this film. She interrupts Mr. Frank. It's like, why are we here? What's what's happening? And she comes all dazed and confused. Mm-hmm. And then she gets taken away by by her husband. Yes. And Frank kind of wraps up the speech essentially. Mm-hmm. But then Alice Alice is curious. So mm-hmm. she comes across Margaret and her husband, and her husband is trying to give her medication oh yeah and um margaret is kind of talking she's staring blankly into distance and kind of saying how they're lying to us etc etc and then the curtain is closed quickly you know about the curtain thing don't you what the way you can see the face yeah yes i was i was so glad you said that i was worried that you know what i found interesting about that i didn't really clock that the first time i saw it but then when i went to see it with jack and the other two people I went to see it with my two friends, they all clocked it. And they were all like, yeah, did you see it? Bo. I saw it the second time. I saw it the second time, but it's because I knew about it. 
Yeah, it's creepy. So we, you yeah. see a face in the these curtains get rushed over, and you see a face. We won't say anything because we're going to get on. We're going to get on to that. But creepy. Mm-hmm. So then, later on at the party, Alice um, and Jack kind of are in one of Frank's rooms. Jack is trying on one of Frank's ties because apparently that's a normal thing to do at someone's house. And he's kind of drawn to the power of it. He likes the power. Mm. And then he decides to have more sexy times with Alice in someone else's house. This bit was so uncomfortable. And then Frank, halfway through, walks in and stares at Alice. And Alice can see it happening. And Alice, I was confused because why don't they stop? Yeah. Why didn't she say anything? Yeah. It was really, it was, it's, it, it still really is creepy to me. It's really uncomfortable. I don't like it. And the fact that Alice maintains that eye contact while she, you know, enjoys her sexy time. Why? No. It's, it's so it, uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. And, and so that ends and then you next see alice bunny and peg who's another one of the wives go out shopping and they're kind of in this mall and these women are in these kate like these glass boxes and they're advertising things mm. and they get on to margaret they start talking about margaret how what why she's the way she is um because they were originally friends and bunny says oh until the kind of the incident what happened mm. and we learn that margaret took her son out into the desert and he has this red plane um, within this toy red plane. But when they found her, her son wasn't there. And supposedly he he died out there, like in the desert. Mm. And Bunny kind of tells Peg and Alice, who are wondering what's really happening out there, uh, that all they have to do is not go into the desert. They're told to not ask questions and... Um, they just know that they're working with with new materials. Mm-hmm. What did you think about? Because obviously this is some kind of more mysterious goings on. Yeah. See, I was confused about this, but I think that probably more went on that was cut from the movie. I know that Kiki Lane did a post saying that she was cut from most of it but still had a good time during the filming process which makes me so sad because her character was actually relevant unlike certain characters who got a little bit more screen time but we can discuss that in a little bit um yeah i i don't know i was frustrated by the fact that these women are so happy to just like slag off margaret in i think this setting. alice is being slightly more forgiving she's saying that she's seriously ill mm-hmm. and that they need help but she's kind of in that brainwashed kind of believing that everyone else saying that she's really ill and she's not there mm-hmm. but yeah it's another layer of mystery mm-hmm. and also one thing that i forgot to mention in talking about the desert is that you they hear these drilling sounds because it happens again at the at whilst they're out shopping do you remember like this drilling sound oh <gasps> Oh, that yeah. happens at random points yeah. throughout the day. Because it happens when Fra- uh, Jack reveals that Frank doesn't like tuna. Does it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like in, the, in one of the opening scenes, Alice is like going to make. Like, oh, yes, it happens tuna. right at the start. Yeah, yeah I know. And, then, right and the then like all of the seasoning pots on the side start shaking and Alice and Jack have to like hold them down and then it's they both just like neither of them actually acknowledge it they're just kind of like oh god anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the hell 
<laughs> like, how are these... I mean, I get that they're brainwashed, but, you know, when you're just like, come on, like, there are so many things that you could question. Like, Alice doesn't question the eggs. Yeah, she doesn't tell anyone about that yet. Yes, it's messy. Mm-hmm. So then the kind of the slagging off happens and then we <laughs> go kind of around the morning routine again. But Alice decides to ride in the trolley car that they have in Victory. And she decides to ride around. She just goes casually. She just wants a trip. The guy who's operating it says, do you want to get off? And she says, no, just here for the ride. Mm-hmm. And then she sees a red plane falling slowly in the sky, crashing at some point in the desert. Mm-hmm. And she says, stop, 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 stop. Mm. What's, what's that plane? Did you not see that to the driver? And the driver's just oblivious. The driver's just like, um, I don't know. I can't, like, I'm not allowed to go over there. And she's just like... I know, what? Uh, like, she's like, there is somebody who's just been like, the, a plane has just crashed. We need to go and help me. And she's just like, I don't go that way, miss. And it's like, <laughs> what? So she went out, she starts going out into the desert, finding it. She gets confused and lost and she can't find the plane. But she makes her way to the top of the mountain that we've been seeing Mm -hmm. to this building. And this building's surrounded by mirrors. Very ominous. Very ominous. And she touches, she touches the mirror. It's such a good moment. She looks so good. I know, I really like that bit. When she's touching the mirror. And then she wakes up back (gasps) at home. She wakes up. And... Mr. Jack Chambers is cooking in the kitchen. This bit I found so frustrating. Like, gaslighting central. Like, not that this entire movie isn't surrounded by gaslighting, but, like, this specific bit where Jack is so adamant, oh, it was just a dream. Like, you just had a nightmare. I would call it Gaslight the Movie. I I went out of the movie and I said to our friend, this is Gaslight the Movie. Mm -hmm. But he's he's not doing very well at cooking dinner. He's using a... A, a, a liqueur, a, liqueur, a liquor bottle to just mash potato. <laughs> oh my god! And and what else is he cooking? Oh, he he's making like a five course meal, and then he's like, actually no, it's four course. Actually no, it's three, three course. I'm just like, but he goes, yeah, he lies to Alice. Alice is, how did you get me here? What happened? Yeah, and she eventually believes him. She says, oh, I'm just, I'm so tired. I just had the weirdest dream. I saw a thing which I really agreed with mm. that. Like, somebody said this on TikTok or something, but basically, that scene, out of context, is actually, like, really romantic. Like, re- like people were saying, I wish that this was... That, that, like, this scene could be part of a rom-com. Because... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, bear with me here, because, like, he's like, oh, baby, you okay? And he, like, gives her a hug, and then, you know, the bit where he's like, you know what I do when I have a bad dream? And then he goes, like, eek. <laughs> I eat a carrot or something. <laughs> Do you know what bit I'm on about? Where he's like giving her a hug and she's like, oh, I just had a really bad dream. And then he's like, Do you know what I do when I have bad dreams? And then she's like, What? And he's like, Eat a carrot. And then he heats it and then he feeds her a bit of it. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember. But I'm just, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'll, I dis- I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> so she's gaslit by Jack. And then over the next few days, um, Alice becomes more disorientated. We're, more weird things start happening. And this is the scene with where the window starts closing in mm-hmm. on her or the wall closes in and yeah. she's pressed up against oh. the glass. I'm no. I'm quite a claustrophobic person. So, like, both times I watched this, I was literally, like, cringing. Like, it was so uncomfortable. And then the window just goes, poof. Like, it makes, like, a... Tch, and it's just, like, back to normal. And she's like, what the hell? Like, yeah. it's uncomfortable. That's really uncomfortable. 
So then a call comes in on the phone um, and it's Margaret. And she says, you saw something out there, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Alice is thinking, what's, wait, what, what's, what's, what's happening? She's kind of all very, very confused. Mm. And then she goes out to ballet again and she sees, she's dancing. It's all very, they, they have this like oh. breath panting yeah. uh, music. And then Alice sees Margaret in the mirror and like Pennywise in kind of, have you seen It Chapter 2? I've not seen it. You've not seen two. it. But like Pennywise, if you've seen it, like Pennywise banging his head against the, yeah. the glass. She starts banging her head against this mirror. That bit was so horrible. And she screams, but no one else can see see what's happening. And then Alice just ends up looking crazy. Crazy. Alice is Margaret 2.0. But then she decides to run, run back home. And she sees Margaret on top of the roof. <gasps> It was horrible. So she sees her on the roof and then Margaret slits her throat and falls to the ground. Mm-hmm. But before she can help, the men in the red suits come the and take Alice suits. away. I'm just going to say something about the men in the red suits. Have you seen Spy Kids? No. You've not seen Spy, not Kids? Seen Spy Kids? Oh, no. But anyway, I think I might have got this from a video or maybe I thought to myself, I can't remember. <laughs> but there's a movie called Spy Kids. And if you remember, there were like these these things called Thumb Thumbs. What? And these, I'm going to show you a picture right okay, now. Okay. And these men in these red suits just remind me. <laughs> no, it's the bit where the men in the red suits are climbing up the mountain. <laughs> I've just seen Lauren a picture. <laughs> Look what? up thumb thumbs what from the... Spy Kids. I'm and sorry. Everyone. I'm um, sorry, but... And Why? These, these men in red suits kind of run and take her that away. That is the most uncreative name thumb thumbs <laughs> anyway anyway yeah all the men are like they have the exact same haircut they're basically clones so then you cut straight to do you remember this bit um if you want to talk we cut straight to them having another argument which is a very fam- kind of famous harry this styles is scene the, this is the bit where he says the bit in the bedroom not everyone gets this opportunity. opportunity yeah yes I couldn't take this seriously because of the amount of, like, media attention it got. Yeah, same. Because of Harry's acting. Um, but I felt like I was the only person in the cinema laughing. I was audibly... The person people, I was next to... I was cringing. I was going... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. I... It's iconic. But I could not take it seriously no. either. It's iconic, but not because... It's, it's iconic, great. but not in a good way. Um, so, but it's it's essentially it's more gaslighting, mm-hmm. and Jack is starting to get annoyed that Alice keeps going on about Margaret and how no one's noticing her, mm-hmm. and everyone's telling her, "Oh, she's okay." And it eventually leads to you later see Doctor Collins, who's supposedly a doctor and physician, mm-hmm. coming to kind of advise her on what to do, um, and she's offered some some drugs, some medicine, but they both refuse. I was quite shocked, like after knowing the ending that jack said no to the drugs because the fact that he's willing to say yes obviously to what later happens yeah yeah but i read somewhere that people think it might have been because there's obviously that the fact that he wants to um he he allows her to drive his car those two things kind of show that he still wants her to... But I think it's also because he... Jack is trying to prove 
to Frank and everyone in Victory mm. that he can control his wife without the without 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 needing kind of medicine showing that I can control my wife and he yeah. wants to control and that's kind of the the kind of thing that I see behind it. Mm-hmm. But also at this point is that another interesting line that we can kind of theorize again about the end but he says what do you british people say <gasps> and i essentially i can't tell whether this the, the doctor says to jack what is it you british people say something about mm-hmm. keep keeping calm mm-hmm. or have a cup of tea but i can't tell whether this was a line originally in the script before it had even been cast or if they wrote it in for harry styles because he couldn't maintain an American accent. That's what I want to know. I think if Shia LaBeouf was playing Jack, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been be in there. That's what I think. But I'm I, glad I you think, said that. I think Shia LaBeouf would have just done it in an American accent Same. because it doesn't make sense. So I think they did it to cover their back. I think they did and kind of go, "Oh, Harry can't do an American accent." There's only one theory, which we'll talk about later, which okay. I could possibly... But that, that's a stretch again. It's me mm-hmm. trying to cling for an answer. Okay. But anyway, after this point, um, when the Doctor's trying to leave, uh, Alice sees um, a file regarding Margaret in his in his little briefcase, and she manages to sneak it out of his file before that he can see. And once the Doctor and Jack have gone back, she looks at it, but all of the information regarding Margaret has been covered up mm-hmm. and she burns the file and it goes away. Mm-hmm. So we still don't know what happens to Margaret. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to getting ready for this fancy dinner that's coming up. And Jack openly says to her, let's have a baby. <gasps> that bit felt so random. Yeah. I was so confused. And the only thing I can kind of theorise is that was he panicking? Because obviously Mr Jack knows more than we think. Yes. Is he panicking thinking, how am I going to keep this girl here? Yeah, I think it's a way to kind of lure her in and attract her back in. Um, Because especially like he's experienced her falling out of love with him in the real world. And I think that maybe this is like Jack's anxieties kind of showing through in a subtle way of like, I don't want this girl to fall out of love with me just like how she did in IRL. Yeah. Let's have a baby. Um, I hate the fact that it just never got spoken about again. Again, like it never comes up. That is, yeah, that is... a Also, Alice's lack of reply... She was just kind of like, um... I think she's becoming more and more disillusioned at this point Mm -hmm. because people are lying to her. Things Mm -hmm. are getting more and more weird and bizarre. She's unhappy. Yeah. But then uh, they're getting ready for a party and she eventually slides back into the bath and you see that amazing shot (gasps) of her in the mirror, like, looking back. I love that bit. Did you like it? I like that bit. I... Because I... That's a kind of a oh I don't know what that meant, but in I an didn't okay know way. What it meant. But I like that. I'm okay with there are some other plot holes which I or things that don't make sense mm-hmm. which I don't like. I guess I just didn't really give it much thought because it's so it's so like quick. It's like I feel like you could miss you, it. Yeah, blink you and could you miss, miss it. it. Um but yeah. So then we get on to the party scene where there's a big party for everyone at Victory. Frank is there, this evil doctor physician person, and Everyone's having a good time and 
there's this elaborate cabaret number by Dita Von Tees, who's a very, very amazing burlesque dancer. She was recently in Taylor Swift's Bejeweled um, is she, music video. Is she the one who's dancing in the... In the glass. In the glass. Yes. I did like that. That's amazing because I think she's just stunning. Magnificent. Mm-hmm. So this whole elaborate party is occurring. And then Mr. Frank, cough, cough, comes to the microphone and is like, I've got a very special announcement to make. I am promoting Jack Chambers. And obviously everyone's like, woo, go! Other than his own wife, Alice, who begs Jack, I was going to call him Harry then, don't go on stage, please don't do this, let's leave, let's go, let's go. Obviously, Jack is like, get off me, I'm being promoted, like, Mm. blah, blah, blah. And then Alice runs to the bathroom, followed by Bunny. And spills the whole situation of what's been happening to Bunny, how she went out into the desert, how people are lying to her about Margaret, about all of these weird things happening. And Bunny backtracks against her mm-hmm. and shouts at her. And mm-hmm. all of whilst this is happening, yeah, you this have is an overlap. intercut with Harry Styles doing this tap routine on stage. Well, I say tap, a routine mm-hmm. on stage. And personally, like, I will say... I think it is obviously a breakdown at this point, but mm. re-watching the movie, this is where I didn't know what was happening. It's one moment where I got a bit bored because I was waiting for this kind of big thing and reveal to happen and more explosive moment. Yeah. And I was like, please skip. Yeah, I yeah, I, I agree. I think that by this point, there'd been enough build-up that it didn't feel necessary. One thing I would say that I found quite frustrating is... Somebody who I know was like, after the movie, was like, why was Harry Styles tap dancing? Oh my God, like I didn't get that whole bit. And I was a bit frustrated because I was like, I can't believe out of all the things of this whole movie, that was the one thing that you were so disturbed about, so disgusted. As though this as though this guy, as in Harry Styles, doesn't dance around the stage for his entire show. He's like, this isn't like a... Di- like, why, why that? Why that bit? Why Harry dancing was the bit that was so disturbing to you why not the rest of the whole you know plot the thing that i think in relation to what happens with this idea of control and wanting to keep alice in check i kind of viewed this moment and the whole promotion not actually because jack is supposedly any good at what they're really doing Mm -hmm. or because frank really likes him but i see it as almost an incentive to jack to try and keep alice in Alice in line. That's so... In- I've never thought of because it Because I, I possibly think that in doing that and compelling Jack, he might, Jack might become more resistant and harsh on Alice because I yeah. think Frank can see how powerful and strong mm-hmm. Alice is in starting to break down all of this illusion of what's around her. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why it's all happening and they're bigging him up like this lad culture. Mm. It's almost like a lad culture, lad culture now, but within the 50s and kind of big him up and being oh yes tap dance be bravado be this and so that's what i saw it as it was a bit but that's what i i think it could be or how i saw it Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah so then bunny is obviously kind of rejects alice and we skip to a dinner party that's being held for other people Mm -hmm. within victory so you have frank and his wife sherry and violet and bill i think yes and Another. One who's always pregnant. I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. And Peg. 
Peg, Peg, Peg and yeah. her husband. Yeah. It's it's kind of tense right from the start. Mm-hmm. Frank comes in. All <gasps> of the men are very eager to please to please him. They set up the dinner. Alice is in is in the kitchen, kitchen. chopping up some lemons. Yes. And Frank happens to come over and he says, I'm so sorry that Bunny didn't believe you, which is obviously like, whoa, how does Frank know this information? But Frank is like this all-knowing god-like character as we've kind of established and obviously it's kind of I, I think it's like spoken about quite often in the media like a lot in the media is the way that Frank calls her like here you are like preparing dinner like a good girl people were like oh my god Chris Pine blah 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 everyone was like screaming about that yeah um but the thing that I found interesting about that was the bit where he was kind of like I want you to challenge me like I'm 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 it's like he's like I'm intrigued by like I'm excited by you what I can't remember like exactly how he phrases it but he essentially spurs Alice on he kind of brings Alice down but also ignites a fire for her to fight Mm -hmm. back and they get they get to the dinner table Mm -hmm. she pushes in front of Jack and sits down opposite Frank Mm -hmm. and Alice starts talking to all of the other couples trying to show them how their whole life is a lie so she asks about oh where did where did you go on honeymoon Lila, where did you meet bill where did you meet bill oh on a on a train to boston on a train to to boston and then and it's where do you all go on on honeymoon niagara falls yeah and and they go and they're all trying to gaslight her and say oh it's a it's a popular tourist destination yeah and it starts all happening and florence oh it's so, this scene is so good. It is they amazing. Keep backtracking, and then Frank drops drops the mic and mm-hmm. says, "Oh, you were out in the desert." Yeah. And then Jack is very that very hurt. <gasps> why? What? Like, you didn't tell why? me. I didn't know this. Oh my god! So he's why? Not, like now that we know, like he's he obviously knew that Alice was in the desert, but and this kind of annoys everyone and, and kind of creates uproar. And then Alice keeps saying, "It's a lie. Everything he's telling you is a lie." And then oh really frank really angered me shall we say in this scene when he started just being like she's not well she's getting medicated don't worry she isn't well like oh my god i don't know why that was the one bit that i found so frustrating because all of the other gaslight in i was unaware when i first watched it that she was being gaslighted i was just like this is confusing blah blah blah. you know when jack's gaslighting her throughout it until obviously like it's revealed but this bit obviously we know it has been established that things are going on and obviously alice is not mentally ill and that bit frustrated me so much and then like the way frank is like apologizing to bill and violet being like i'm so sorry i hope this hasn't like disrupted your evening blah 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 and they all leave none of them believe alice in the slightest and they all get up and go and i think it's because shelly also comes oh, in with the speech Shelley. that's why they people might believe her shelly frank's wife just turns around and says you've invited us into your house made dinner for us and you're criticizing us like a, and that's she a, calls her a brat yes She's but to be fair i will say it's delivered very well but equally no offense if i invite someone into my home and they insult me and annoy me, will I clap back at them? Yes, because it's my home. So I don't get that argument, but it was delivered so well. Yeah, it was amazing. And they all get up and leave, and then it's just Jack and Alice left in the house. And Alice begs Jack 
Can we leave? Can Please, we leave? just you and me. We can go anywhere as long as we're together. Let's just go. So they, they get ready, stuff in the car. She's packed <laughs> them a little picnic. And... and they get in the car and then Alice is like, let's go, Jack. Come on, what, what are you doing? Like, let's go. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then the thumb thumbs come along. <laughs> the thumb Take thumb. Alice away. Yes. And then the famous scene of Jack in the car screaming... Fuck. <laughs> oh, I. You find that bit really funny, don't you? I see. I find that. I'm sorry. I do find that funny. I don't find it. <laughs> I. I don't find it believable. I the bit that I didn't. To be honest, like I didn't. I more so didn't find the bit before it believable, where he's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and he's I'm just sorry, crying, I'm going, sorry, "I'm sorry." I'm, I'm like. Sorry. Bessie, there's no tears. No. You're not sorry. Like, let's be... Obviously, he isn't sorry, but I'm like, come on. Like, let's be honest. This is so unrealistic. It's so unrealistic. After the bre- oh. after this breakdown, we see Alice being taken away and she's put down on this bed. She has the... And she's given kind of electro shock therapy to mm-hmm. her brain. And we suddenly wake up and it's within a completely different setting. It looks mm-hmm. much more modern. And we see Alice as a doctor. I'm going to talk about this because when we first saw this in the cinema, this was the big reveal moment. This is the big twist. And I'm going to break it down. There's t- kind of two parts to the real world. So this is the first one. So Alice is a doctor in the real world. And we see glimpses and flashes of different things. So you see Alice and Jack on a bed. And I actually think you hear Jack say, oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm going to do to, like, help you or provide. Oh, yeah. And she says, oh, don't worry, I can take more shifts. So it's implied that Jack has lost his job. Yeah. So Alice comes back to their apartment. They're living together. And Jack says, why didn't you respond? I've not eaten yet because I tried to text you and you didn't respond back. And Alice responds back rightly. I'm in the ER. I can't answer my phone when I'm stitching people up Mm. and he's really fed up and she's just really tired Mm -hmm. they don't have any hot water on because Jack hasn't really arranged for it to get fixed so she just says I'm going to go to bed Jack tries have to have some I think I don't think it's just a hug I think he tries to have some sexy times with I think I think he's trying to have sex well the bit where she kind of like pushes him him away and goes I'm too tired I've worked 30 hours I need to be up at six it's too tiring and she shuts the door and you see Jack listening to this podcast called mm. Organised Chaos. And it's Frank. It's I, I think it's a podcast. Yeah. The irony. Um, <laughs> and it's talking about life and how everything's not really fair. Mm. And it's kind of in a zoom out on Jack watching this. And th- there's kind of a poster of James Bond, which we'll get onto later. Mm. And then wham, bam, we're back in, in victory. Mm-hmm. And Alice is, it's kind of implied that she's had surgery and she's had some medicine and she's back into the rhythm of life. She sees Bunny again and they're chatting. Her brain's on, her brain isn't up to much, she doesn't remember everything. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of implied that she's happy, that things are very good again. Do you want to talk about, what did you, so yeah, so that's the big reveal and kind of twist. What did you think the first time you saw this reveal? Oh my God, the first time I saw it, I literally whispered to people in the cinema because I was like so adamant that this was what was happening. Like I thought that my idea was what was gonna have happened i thought during this electroshock therapy i was basically under the impression that 
they were showing Alice what her life would look like, aka very unhappy, not in a good relationship. I thought they were being uh. like, this is what your life will be like if you break out of this and leave. So basically don't. Obviously that wasn't the case. That was just Alice's reality. But I was on, I honestly, I was so adamant. I literally turned around to Sophia and I was like, this is, this is what it is. This is what's going to happen. She's going to be like, oh God, I need to stay here. Like, honestly, I was like so, so adamant that this is how it was going to go. Obviously that is not the case at all. Yeah, I thought I knew I knew all I'll say now is that I knew that a twist was coming. I didn't know what it was. So it was quite intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um but I knew a twist was coming, so I was waiting for it for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But she's she's back in victory. Mm-hmm. And everything's happening again, the same kind of routine of life, and she's making dinner for Jack again. And Jack comes back home kind of exactly at the beginning. They start kissing. She takes the chicken out of the oven, inevitably to just be on the floor again. Oh, yeah. And then, um, but Jack starts humming a song. And throughout this whole movie, Alice has been thinking about Mm -hmm. this rhythm vaguely. Mm -hmm. And it suddenly triggers a memory in the past of Jack and Alice in the real world singing this song. Yeah. And she suddenly completely hallucinates and remembers everything. Yes. So I'm going to go through all all that we see. Mm -hmm. Because I I paused the movie thoroughly last night to see that everything is happening. Okay. We see feet being dragged over the floor. There's a smashed coffee cup, spilled coffee in the corner. We see Jack with really long hair, glasses. He's applying to be part of this of something called the Victory Project, and he's applicant number four hundred twenty-six. This is kind of a voiceover of Shelley, I think, talking about the Victory Project, and we learn that he's twenty-nine with an O negative blood type. He's doing this all in these dodgy kind of back alleyways. It's very dark and dingy. The doctor comes on as a voiceover and says that he has a fair psychological evaluation. And he's in front of this camera. Pictures are being taken. You see him come up to the apartment that he shares with Alice, now with loads of locks, Mm. undoing them. He puts kind of flowers in a vase and he's eating tuna out of a can. It's all he's eating, like tuna out of a can. It makes me feel really icky. I don't know why. This whole bit makes me feel sick. He's just like, he looks kind of just mucky and not clean. And we find that over this kind of information about him that he has a pre-existing relationship and that his chosen wife is Alice his chosen nationality is British. You also see his chosen car. That's a random <laughs> bit on the computer. And they say, oh, do you subscribe to this project? You have to secure your own device. Do you understand that you have to look after your chosen wife? And then in the flat, we see Alice tied down on a bed, kind of wrapped up in this kind of material, water given to her via... A a cloth, cloth, a damp, dirty cloth with these eye-freaky, metallic, gross contraption glasses, scanners, and then Jack kind of strokes her hair and hums with you all the time, and then he lies down next to her and straps himself into these glasses, and we learn that also that he is given a lotted number of hours in the day to return to this victory project. And their bed 
is kind of got all of these flashy weird things at the top it has these this this video of these dancers that we equally see throughout the movie yeah kind of in the swimming caps doing kind of very Mm rocket-esque dance numbers and they're being strapped into this victory project Mm -hmm. so that's the big reveal Mm -hmm. the big reveal is that the victory project is a simulation it's Mm -hmm. not reality it's fake it's set up by this creepy guy named frank and the men go out to work in the day to earn money so that they can they strap themselves in and they choose their wives and alice is restrained against her will Mm -hmm. what did you think about this obviously the big the big ultimate reveal okay yeah so i was so shocked i was like so shocked because i think honestly the fact that it was harry styles playing jack harry styles being such like a loved person mm-hmm. i just assumed to, like to be honest like me typecasting me like okay this is a handsome like british guy he's just gonna be like the love interest he's not gonna have anything to do with like the twist to find out that it was him was so shocking to me mm-hmm. i remember just like audibly gasping in the cinema just like what and i think it was an amazing twist Mm. I really like the twist. I was so like it it was just so interesting. I think the way it was done with the visuals and kind of just like I can't think of a better word to describe it other than like a dingy sort of feel to this like the environment they were in and just the way it was done was oh god. It made me feel sick. It makes me feel sick to even like discuss now and like seeing her restrained to the bed. The dragon of the let like seeing like i assume from jack's like point of view i take that as i genuinely think that alice and jack had broken up in the real world yeah because it says Mm pre-existing relationship Mm -hmm. he knocks her out and straps her down well that makes sense as to why there's all the locks as well and all the locks and it's secret and also jack looks like i can't figure out a way to describe this but he looks a lot more homeless in this yes. bit, in the sense that his hair is longer he looks gr- like greasier like yeah, i he can't looks gre- that's a way just to, to, to describe yeah it. and also the fact that he's obviously like eating the tins of tuna like it shows that he's obviously not being fed anymore by by alice i think for me this was this was an interesting twist and i do i i i like the twist like you i think it's interesting for me, I wish it could have gone further and we could have explored it because I think behind all of this, you see this kind of podcast or YouTube or mm-hmm. format of video where they're speaking, where Frank is speaking, mm-hmm. are speaking to these men. And I see it as actually a really interesting kind of examination of culture at the moment. So QAnon, I'm not sure if you're aware of that, mm-hmm. um, but I think it equally looks at a bit like, I feel like, it's a bit incel-esque yeah and it's talking about that and i think that's a really interesting examination Mm -hmm. of how the internet now is feeding people in a way that they've never kind of been fed before i'm not sure if that makes sense but they're they kind of having this information and people speak to them and it's corrupting their minds and it's making them think certain things and certain values Mm -hmm. are acceptable when they're not and so i really like that interesting kind Mm -hmm. of examination of the way the world is currently and how dangerous that yeah. could be in in making people think that the times of the 1950s where patriarchy was rife mm. it still is but even more mm. rife 
was is a good thing. I must admit, I wish that it was more focused on all of you know, like I think I think because the whole movie is spent developing this like relationship between Alice and Jack, which obviously then heightens the shock of the twist. I just wish more time was spent looking into the other men and their relationships too because I think it's so true what you said about the whole I, I'm pretty sure Olivia Wilde's even said this like it's about like the incel like community not community but you know like kind of just yeah incels in general like I felt as though the ending was a little bit rushed in terms of they spent the entire movie building up the the yeah. reveal speaking about the ending after this we now return to victory alice is on the floor saying what's happening what's happening and a huge argument erupts between alice and jack she finally realizes what's happened and starts accusing him saying why did you do this jack says you hated your life you were miserable i did this for you alice fights back saying i loved working it was my life why did you do this and jack is quite frankly acting so awfully and in such a toxic masculine way he says that oh i'm providing for you i'm making you happy but ultimately this is what he wanted out of his life he wanted this out of his life he wanted alice to come home at five o'clock after a nine to five job help him cook his dinner and he's just he does and in a way even though some of the acting at this moment is cringe from harry styles i have to say i equally think in a way he does actually get across this idea of he comes across as this really like spoiled boy who didn't get his own way and equally i think that's quite good one thing one moment where he was like i hate it i fucking hate it you know that bit where he's like this is yeah like i'm miserable too and it's like hang on a minute don't you dare twist this on you as in like oh woe is me i'm doing all of this for you like come on now but obviously that was just part of his character so we then move on to this argument escalating and Jack is trying to beg Alice for forgiveness. He tries to hug her, but tries to suffocate her. So Alice retaliates, grabs the glass, smashes it over his head. And then we next wake up. Alice comes up and then Jack is unconscious on the floor. Bunny has entered the house saying, what's happened? What's happened? This kind of Alice is covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And then Bunny essentially starts to reveal everything to her they say that people are coming for her and that bunny is in on it and that bunny's in on it but she reveals first that if a man dies in the simulation that he dies in the real world and that the thumb thumbs are coming for her and uh (laughs) we also cut to frank at his sunny house getting a call saying that alice is on the run Mm -hmm. jack's dead that jack's dead and bunny reveals everything to alice and says that she's known about the simulation all along that she chose this life because her kids weren't alive in the real world but that no one else knows none of the other wives know and she tells alice to run and she starts running and lamps start smashing and lights the other husbands try to stop her and start like crying and whinging oh my god she gets in the car and starts driving away the thumb thumbs get in the other cars and then start driving towards her and then a chase escalates they're chasing after her the doctor comes in on a car and says 
get her, you idiots, mm. get her, you idiots. Then Alice slams the brakes, the car smash, explosion, boom. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the chase scene, Shelley, Shelley hears Chris. Frank talking to someone saying, oh, Alice has got away. She's running. Mm-hmm. And then Frank turns around and Shelley stabs him with a knife, turns in his chest and says, that's my turn now. And then it's over. And we're going to come back to that because that's something to quickly talk about. But there's that moment. Yeah. There's also a really, I have to say, that is a really funny moment where one <laughs> I of... I don't know what you're on where, about. Is it where one of the thumb <laughs> thumbs <laughs> grab at the car and like they try and reach her. And I was going to say as well, I think one of the really funny bits for me was when one of the thumb thumbs runs over to like a car which is like occupied. Like there's some guy driving this car and the thumb thumbs just like... <laughs> was just like come over and pull him out of the car <laughs> and also alice i love as well um one of the other husbands i think bunny's husband tries to stop her and she's just like oh, bunny and, bunny as well just and then, like and then he rams and he falls over the car and essentially his legs broken and he's left in the middle of the road just slapping his leg because he can't move oh, God. <laughs> but then she she gets further to the top of the mountain and then she rams the car into the into, into the, the side of the side so it stops working she gets out of the car she starts running to the top of the mountain mm-hmm. then she she starts wondering what's happening and she looks over the mountain she she's running for her life and she thinks yes i'm gonna wait and look I'm over the hills stop. and look at the thumb thumbs chasing me i'm sorry but like her fight or flight would not have allowed her to do that do you know what i mean no. like her flight mode is in action and she would be sprinting Ooh, like i'm sorry olivia wilde but what was you thinking here like the thumb thumbs don't even do you want to explain the thumb thumbs in this moment the, the supposedly there's enough spe- like the car that alice was driving blocks it i don't think it had blocked all the way to be honest but they can't drive any further at the mountain as well so they get out the car and they're basically just climbing up these rocks on the oh side God, of the mountain it is so funny so funny it removed all tension of the scene because there is literally just all of these thumb thumbs dressed in these <laughs> red like jumpsuits just climbing up these rocks oh my god it looks so awful but genuinely though, i get what the bit that you were about tension though it was really tense because the bit where I was florence for... uh, alice's alice florence she does such an excellent job at selling this she's running up the mountain looking back it's a really nice the way that it's shot it kind of keeps running up with her mm-hmm. it's continuous it's beautiful but then it just stops and it does remove all tension mm-hmm. but she keeps on running and she gets to the top of the building that she was right at, at the beginning that triggered the hallucinations and then she's about to put her hands on until jack comes back which i'm like come on harry like we, you've had your moment now like let this just be Florence doing Florence's an amazing moment. job um, and he comes and like hugs her from behind and like whispers in her ear like don't leave me or something like is that what he says yeah but obviously she's just like she's in like you said she's in flight mode she should be running yeah but anyway she snaps out of this and then runs to the glass glass like, puts thing. her head on her head like snaps back it's really well yeah, done i love yeah. it stunning you also see the thumb thumbs like there's this moment where oh. they're just they're just oh running God, the slow motion <laughs> but she snaps out of it and you see this weird combined montage of these dancers that you've seen mm. throughout the whole movie and then alice actually dancing she's thrashing her hair 
in this kind of yellow jumper. I'm not sure if you remember. Oh, very interspersed. Yeah. And then it cuts to black. And there's... And <gasps> then all the... <gasps> and then it ends. And, and then, it it, and then the it's credits. like the piano and it's like, don't worry, worry don't darling. Worry. And literally the lights went off in the cinema and we all just, like, me and Sam, we were all just looking at each other like, what? I will say one note as well. I was sat next to my housemate, Adam, and he had the best surprised look on his face. Mm -hmm. He was leaned in front of his seat for the whole duration of the reveal. It was amazing. (laughs) It was one of the most intense parts of the movie. I was like, like, amazing. So so good. I would thoroughly enjoy to just not even watch the movie, to just sit at the front of the cinema and just like look at everyone else's reactions. Because I've obviously seen it twice and both times I went with separate groups of people. We all came out of the cinema and was just like, oh my God. And like, that's the first film that I've seen in a while that I have come out of the cinema and had so much to say and like had such a response to it. I've seen like quite a lot of movies in the cinema recently because Jack has an Odeon Limitless card, (gasps) um, which is amazing. Jealous. Um, So we get to go and watch stuff in the cinema all the time. But I can always come back to like how I was after Don't Worry Don and how I was like after like most other films. I'm just kind of like, this is the first movie for me. Like, maybe this is a personal thing I don't know about you, but this is the first movie in a while that has re- has been so thought-provoking and so, like, conversational. I don't know. Yeah, I think for me as well, I think whilst it wasn't my favourite movie, it did make me certainly think about certain things. But overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. That's the... that's Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the plot of Don't Worry Darling. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now let's quickly, briefly touch mm-hmm. up on some of the technicalities. Mm-hmm. So, the acting in this movie. Yes. I will say, first of all, that I think the cast do a really good job at lifting the movie. I know people say a lot about Harry Styles, but for me, Florence Pugh is easily the standout. Oh, of course. She is so good in this film. It's insane. Mm-hmm. She sells everything really really well all of the hallucinations Mm -hmm. the odd moments the places where she's happy where she's sad Mm -hmm. it's so good she carries this movie nobody could fill that part no like that part is florence Pugh. yes 100 percent. whereas other characters it wouldn't matter who played them but i think equally chris pine does a really good job i think he really sells it okay let's talk about harry okay if I'm being totally honest, and this is me trying to come from like a non-biased perspective, because obviously, as I've mentioned, I love Harry Styles. He is all over my walls in my UD house bedroom. <laughs> um, but I must say, before I saw the movie, I saw like a couple of Harry scenes, and you know there was uproar about his acting. And I just found it so frustrating because I really don't think it was actually that bad. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't amazing. I think Shia LaBeouf would have potentially done a better job at exploring like the mm-hmm. dynamic character of Jack. However, I think if you put anyone next to Florence Pugh, they are always screwed (laughs) yeah basically they are always gonna seem like a worse actor and i just think that 
people shouldn't focus so much on Harry's acting because I don't think that was... I think part of the problem is in casting him, you're going to attract a lot of media attention as he's such a huge star. And I think, yeah, I don't think it's fair to criticise his acting to the extent that it has been. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, like, it wasn't great at moments Mm -hmm. and some parts didn't sell. Mm -hmm. But I I think the part of the problem is, and I feel like I'll end it here for me because it has been so, so overly discussed. Yes. Is that just, like, up against Florence Pugh in particular, as he's not acted much, of course it was going to not be as good. And I think part of the problem is that Florence Pugh maybe did a lot to uplift it. Yeah, I think it was what it was, and I'm actually not going to say anything more because I think I'm annoyed to the point that it's been discussed. Mm -hmm. One more thing I would quite like to add, which I don't really know where I'm going to go with this point, but just something, is I really think that his accent impacted his performance because he speaks with his normal accent. He is Northern. All of these Americans aren't used to Northern accents See, here's the thing. I think one the only reason I can see about why they wrote the accent in when you see the bit that where he's um, listening to the, this podcast, mm-hmm. f- he's got this poster of From Russia with Love, which mm-hmm. is a James Bond film. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I think that he could have chosen to have a British accent is because he loves the idea about being the perfect British yeah. gent, mm-hmm. the epitome of masculinity in the 1950s and 60s Mm -hmm. for British people was Bond. And so I think that's the only reason he may have chosen British as his accent so he could be like James Bond. But I don't think it it was... That was an actual mm -hmm. reason. I think it was all done to cover cover his his other accent, in my opinion. And honestly, like, as somebody who was so conscious of accents, like, since coming to uni and, like... Because I didn't actually think I had an accent until I Mm. came to uni, but that's a completely different story. Um, as somebody who's so conscious of accents and how accents are kind of so um, like crucial or like maybe crucial isn't the right word but like I honestly think if he'd have had a southern British accent I don't think people would have like I don't know I think it would like I don't I can't necessarily explain why, but I think it would have translated better. I think it was the fact that he used his normal British accent. I think it's because... I think the whole thing is is that the movie sets up this 1950s aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And even though you obviously had a whole range of dialects within that period, the only ones being presented is within the American dream or this idea of, of British kind of mm. regency yeah. was kind of posh and was yes. southern. And so it would have made more sense for that to be there yeah to kind of present this fantasy yeah that was within the 50s and the because, 60s and that wasn't with certain northern accents so i think yeah. that's yeah i agree with you yeah and i think like obviously there's like the famous bit where it's like not everyone gets this opportunity and like <laughs> wait that sounded southern but ha- i get what you mean yeah like I, it yeah. i don't know i just i think that had like s- such a big impact on like people's response to his acting because honestly, like, sometimes when I... Well, not that I do that much acting, but, like, when I'm acting around people, I, for some reason, instantly want to do a Southern accent. So, yeah, I think his accent had, like, such a huge impact on, like, how people perceived his acting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we can move on from that because, like we said, it's mm. kind of been so discussed that I don't think we can add much. But I think 
to be honest, I, there's not, like I said, the acting is Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to talk about it anymore. It's Florence Pugh and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to Olivia Wilde and the directing? Yes. Okay. So before this, Olivia Wilde directed a movie called Book Smart. I haven't seen, seen it, it yeah. but loads of people say it's really, really good. So I can't comment fairly on that. Mm-hmm. But for a second movie, only the second movie that she's done, I think it is good. Mm-hmm. And shows a lot of promise still, and I hope the controversy around it doesn't prevent her from directing more because I think it has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. I think, again, I think the directing wasn't particularly like standout in certain ways. I didn't think, again, I think maybe maybe she did a lot in terms of collaborating with the actors in fueling the scenes, mm-hmm. but I th- I think it just holds a lot of promise. I think some things could have been refined, like um, some of the chase scenes. But I think some of the ideas and I think the dance scenes were shot quite nicely. Mm-hmm. And the whole kind of the way that the movie did come together was interesting. Mm-hmm. And the certain plot moments. But I think I think she did her job was was good. I don't yeah. think it was. I just think there's a lot of controversy. And I think had the controversy not been there, it would have been a solid second directing for a director. Yeah. So I think my issue is I don't really like movies where the director is acting in it Mm -hmm. i think it was definitely noticeable how many unnecessary moments of bunny were shown you know she was going to be alice originally stop but then she saw florence and then chose florence i'm sorry but imagine her as alice but that shows a good directing initiative though to say realize oh that's that's my character rather than Mm. than me yeah I think, like, for me, there was just moments where, like, Bonnie was just unnecessary. So, like, for example... I get what you mean. In, even just, like, if you sort of look at the character of Margaret and the fact that she was caught when I think that Margaret's scenes probably had a lot more impact than certain scenes of Bunny. So, like, for example... I know this is such a little moment, but like, you know, the bit at the beginning of the movie where they're having the party and Bunny's like, and these are for me and has like all of her drinks and stuff. I'm like, there's just certain moments where I was like, was that really necessary? I think, well, interest. we know, I think we all know Margaret was meant to have more scenes. Mm. At that party scene, I think there were some set pictures of her there was. in a necklace <sighs> as well, which would have covered the, her cut, <sighs> the cut on her throat. Yeah. So I think she would have been there, and I think some people are theorising that maybe Bunny's scenes were written in, perhaps, to cover mm. something. I don't know what happened, but I get what you mean. And I think especially having Olivia Wilde in the movie mm-hmm. didn't do any favours for the controversy, because mm-hmm. had she just been directing, you would have been able to separate yourself even more yeah, from of all of the drama, but it was there right on display the whole time. Yeah. In terms of, like, the directing, though, like, I thought her, the visuals were amazing. amazing. But I think that's partly the cinematography as well mm-hmm. and the set design. That's why mm-hmm. I included them at the start because I think the whole aesthetic of it and the build-up and the setup was amazing mm-hmm. and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Should we move on to the unanswered bits? Because I feel like I'm yes. kind of... Yes, so I want to talk about... This is the unanswered bits, bits that annoy us. If it's okay, I want to talk about first, not necessarily unanswered bits, but the kind of role of sex within the movie before it came out it was very marketed as being a sexual movie and olivia wilde spoke in numerous interviews about how 
you don't really see female pleasure much in movies. It's very kind of male orientated. So she wanted to kind of show what that was like. At the same time, she has also said comments about how she wants to build up this fantasy and show the kind of illusion of it. Later down the line, Florence Pugh commented how she was fed up with everyone focusing on the sex scenes and how the movie is much more than that. Mm -hmm. And then later on down the line, Olivia Wilde said, oh, Florence makes a good point. Why has the focus been mm -hmm. around the sex scenes? But then it feels as though she directed that, com Olivia Wilde mm -hmm. directed that conversation initially onto the sex scenes. And the problem that I have with that is not showing any sort of kind of pleasure but at the end of the day, within the context of the movie, that was non-consensual mm -hmm. completely. In reality, Alice is being restrained against her will and is not consenting to this whatsoever. So when you look at that, it's completely for Jack from a male point of view. Mm -hmm. If you look at it, the whole setup of them coming back home... It's almost as though they just come back and enter the simulation to have sex with their wives well, and then go back at the end, at the start yeah. of the new day. And it just, it really grates me because it presenting it as this very female-centric, pleasurable experience mm. for women when I do not see kind of any no, pleasure within that setup whatsoever. I agree completely. And I know, like, before we were complaining about, like, how it happened so fast and stuff, but I guess, like... I do, I, like we were saying before, I do think, like, that must have been caught. Like, there must have been more to that scene. But I suppose it kind of, in a way, makes sense that it was, like, she... It kind of makes sense that she climaxed so quickly because if this is from the male sort of, like, idealistic version of a female orgasm, of course it's got to happen so fast because they, like, are under the impression that they are so, like, like so skilled um and you know so like powerful in the sense that they can kind of like make it like be so achievable and so like this like idealist like romanticized version mm. of it and yeah i just thought it was frustrating and olivia wilde like making it out as though it was like this whole thing about female pleasure and it's just and in one of the scenes the second scene at frank's house a man is watching it's voyeuristic and it's really gross and uncomfortable. And I just, that bit grated on me. That was my main problem with the movie. It did feel very gaslight. So it wasn't, my problem wasn't actually the movie itself, but it was the way that the movie I felt as though was marketed mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. focused on. When in fact, it's not about that. And maybe you could argue that that's the problem we have. We're, we're disillusioned with the world. This kind of idea of 1950s 60s fantasy is messed up and it's not pleasurable yeah maybe that's it but it felt as though it was marketed as being pleasurable when it just wasn't mm -hmm. anyway what what do you want to talk about for unanswered questions what's grating on your mind okay i want to know what happened when alice woke up i want to know so bad because let's not forget this girl, we don't know how how long has she been in there for? Does it ever say? No clue. Well, okay, let's just say it's been like a year, maybe. Mm. Like, I don't know. But she has been lying in bed, not moving, restrained. Even if she wasn't restrained, this girl probably wouldn't be able to, like, move. move. Like, her muscles surely have... I don't know what the right, like, scientific yeah, term is, but, like, her muscles surely have not. I just want to know, did she just die? 
She just woke up next to her dead husband. Did she even... Could she even get the eye things off? That's what's interesting to me. I think... It's less for me the ending. Like, part of me does like the open ending, but I do want to know what happens. Mm -hmm. But I don't want a sequel. I don't want a sequel. Don't need a sequel. Because that would just be... If there's a sequel and it's, like, her being, like, in the real world, like, speaking out about her experience and, like... Why do I picture the sequel to be, like, she's wrote a book about her trauma and then, like... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the sequel I picture. On that note of kind of being awake and what happens, the thing that Bizarre makes me really intrigued is that they say... When men get killed in the simulation, they die in the real world. Mm-hmm. Do the women not get affected? Because I feel like Alice smashed the glass really hard on Jack's head, but not enough to kill him. I was so shocked when he was dead. Exactly. So so how, how does that work? And how do the women not get affected? Because I feel as though if she actually had electroshock therapy, was that just within the simulation? Was that just with... Would that have affected her in the real world? That's what I want to know. It feels as though there's this this kind of disarticulation. How can a glass hitting Mm -hmm. on Jack's head kill Mm -hmm. him in the real world, but then Alice not be affected? It it baffles me. Because, like, on that note as well, like, when Margaret slit her throat, what happened to her throat in the real world? Exactly. Exactly. Like, when Alice... Like, during, you know, sexy time... Is that are they ex- are those people lying in bed experiencing that in the real world as well? Like are their bodies like responding to that in the real world, or is that like purely just like in their mind? Like I don't. I don't everything know. physical. I want to know is that also physical in the real in the world? real world? But you know, unanswered bits. Unanswered. We'll never know. Another unanswered bit. What is that drilling sound? I want to you mean know, like the shaky. I want to know earthquake. what that project is that they're working on. I go on because I've looked at some videos. I've watched quite a few deep dives. Mm-hmm. Someone was suggesting that that drilling sound could be them working on the simulation mm-hmm. and kind of programming it and doing these things, and that everything you see within the world and weird things happening could be glitches in the simulation mm-hmm. and them trying to fix it. Yeah. But but equally, if they're working on that simulation, what are they doing in the real day that makes Jack hate it so much? Are they working for an evil corporation? Is it this evil agenda? Because equally, if they're maybe working on something for this corporation in the real world, surely it's working for the same thing that they want within the simulation. I, so why does he... I, I don't get it. I'm I confused. Think in like his role in the real world real world is sorry i've just had a thought (laughs) (laughs) like you know when they drive all of their cars yeah like into the mountain Mm. (laughs) do they all just get out like they just enter the mountain they just get out and like (laughs) like like like, what happens when they get into that mountain like do they just go (gasps) and wake up anyway i was gonna say Mm. i think right again i don't know whether i've read this or this is like an original thought um so i don't want to like not give credit plagiarism i'm the same i've watched so many deep dives (laughs) i don't know what's my own and like so many tiktoks about it but i swear i i don't know i think he's going back into the real world to like recruit more people to join i see that but like i don't get why you would hate it so much yeah and this promotion is this an actual promotion that jack gets or is this like staged 
as a promotion you know how we were saying before like is it a promotion that just sort of looks to like boost his power in his relationship or like has he actually been promoted doing something more in the real world and also Mm. i read something that said perhaps the earthquake is when things aren't playing out as they should so when frank doesn't like i like i think this is quite a well common theory but like when they reveal that frank doesn't like tuna that's when the earthquake thingy happens all Uh, shaking okay and that's because something that was like supposed to happen hasn't happened and somebody has to like rewrite an area of the simulation so like they have to like rewrite okay well alice is no longer going to make this instead she will make this Mm -hmm. and then the other time it happens is when all the women are sat as we discussed in like the shopping mall and they're talking about margaret and then the simulation thing happens and i don't know whether it's because like the women are stepping over the line talking about something beyond their realm of things that should be spoken about I don't know whether it's, like, somebody rewriting, like... I, I don't know. But I think you don't hear... You have all that, that setup of the drilling and this earthquake sound and that they're working with new materials. But what... I just... It it never gets explained. Mm-hmm. But there you go. Another unanswered, unanswered question. <laughs> That's a question. Question. Um, um, do you want to talk about the plane? What on earth <laughs> was that red plane? That is the... Are you talking about... The actual plane or the kids' plane? Well, both. Okay. Because yeah, they, it's they... on the post as a piece of visual imagery. I love it. It's so intriguing. Mm-hmm. It works really well. But here's the thing. Even though people have said, oh, it's a glitch, and maybe that's why it's just so unexplained and weird, but, but why a plane? Why is it a plane that's part of the glitching? Why is it not like the world just shattering? And why is that plane the same plane or a similar model to the one that Margaret's son had out in that desert? It never gets mentioned again. Mm -hmm. After they gaslight her, it's never thought about, like, what is that plane? It was on the poster for crying out loud. I know. What is the plane? And I just, it doesn't actually make sense to the rest of the movie, but I want to know what that plane is. It really annoys me. I am trying to, like, come up with, like, a concept, but I'm literally, like... Oh, I don't know. It's so frustrating. I can't because come up I with a want theory. To, I want to like delve into the plane, but I literally ha- like I can't. That's it. That's I literally. That's it. I d- I can't think of a theory. I don't have an explanation. Mm-hmm. Well, that was another unanswered question slash bit. Question slash bit. <laughs> but okay, I had this kind of th- thought when I was watching the ballet scene, paired with the fact that Bunny knows about the simulation Mm -hmm. because bunny does not take part in the ballet and i think Mm -hmm. that all the women go to the ballet because ballet is very much about control Mm -hmm. being restrained being organized following rules and regiments and routine Mm -hmm. but bunny isn't there so i think the ballet is used within the simulation to keep the women within order their minds at bay Uh, from being able to break free and that because Bunny, yeah. because otherwise, why would why would Bunny not do it? Yeah, I feel as though if she didn't know, she would be doing it, and uh, that's why I think it's done. Have possibly. Have you seen theories about the costume in the ballet bit? No. So, some of the wives are wearing black yeah. leotards, and there's like two or three who are wearing pink. And mm-hmm. I saw a theory. This is a little bit far fetched, but we'll go with it. That basically. The women who are wearing the pink leotards 
are women who have net who don't know their husbands so like haven't had a pre-existing relationship Um... and it kind of makes sense because i am sorry but violet and bill i am i will stand by this violet does not know who this man is I actually, yeah, I can see she that. She does not know who this man is. And his response and his nervousness throughout, he has definitely kidnapped this woman. I am sorry. It would not surprise me if he's took this woman off the street and been like, Frank, by the way, this is who I'm having. Like, I found her. He's like picked her mm. off a shelf, honestly. And I kind of feel like it does make sense in terms of why else? It doesn't make sense because the entire movie, the visual side of it is that everything is so neat and symmetrical and in order. In the simulation, obviously not in the real world. But why then are they not all wearing black leotards or not all wearing pink leotards? So I do actually really like that theory. I like that. It's such a niche thing, Mm. though, that I'm like, there's nothing necessarily that backs it up other than the fact that Violet's wearing it. And like, I'm sorry, but Violet and Bill are not. They are not pre-existing. Honestly, if you like go back and watch Violet throughout, because the second time I watched it, I was kind of more focused on the other wives. If you watch Violet, like she is just, she does not know who this man is. And Bill, I re- I don't know that. I don't. Do you know the actor who played Bill? I don't know who it is, but oh my god, his acting it was incredible. Like the anxiety I felt just from watching him because he cro- when when alice is chasing off and it's yeah. all falling apart he has, has this temper tantrum oh my god he does no he's why is this like, happening oh. happening happening but it is really good and he's like you told me this wouldn't happen Pum. he's like really angry yeah obviously like hate that. him but yeah but i like the, the i like the theory was amazing so another unanswered question slash bit <laughs> is like you said the ending where shelly kills frank because that means, because if men die in the simulation, they die in the real world. So Frank is now dead. The doctor slash physician gets blown up in that car. Oh, yeah. So the two biggest people, ringleaders behind the whole of victory, it seems, yeah. are dead. But what's creepy, or uh, I'm thinking, is that you you hear Frank's voice from the podcast in the real world. Yeah. You hear the doctor's voice over the questioning of Jack entering the programme saying, do you consent to this? Do you, mm-hmm. will you get your own kind of setting? And then you also hear Shelley's voice kind of saying, you are entering the Victory Project. Yeah. And so is she in control in the real world? Is she wanting to break free? Is she saying, it's my turn now to do it? Is she yeah, in control? Like, is What's she, happening? Is she like a secret overarching but- villain? Out of everything, though, that felt the most random and out of left field. Mm-hmm. Even all of the unanswered bits that we've talked about, I kind of, when well, I say I forgive other, it. All of the other unanswered bits contribute to, like, the creepy kind of, like, element exactly. of Exactly. And even if you don't know, I feel like it's less slightly annoying or it's kind of glitchy. It's, yeah, it's irritating yeah. that you don't know. But this really bugs me because it really did feel out of left field throughout the whole movie she's kind of been supporting her husband but then it's like is she more in control because she was doing the ballet and i just want to know and i'm just thinking who what why and it did feel really random and annoying and i want it but the annoying thing is i still want to know more about it it was intriguing but what what happened i must admit although i do not want a sequel i wouldn't mind 
Although I think that Don't Worry Darling was its own thing and it definitely should be left as its own thing, especially I don't think anything else will ever be made because of all the controversies. No. However, I would love to know how the Victory Project came about, how it runs in real life. There's so many things. There's so many things I want to know. Yeah, with... What's her name again? I'm so sorry. Frank's wife. Shelley. With Shelley... I am very intrigued to know whether she is, like, this overarching villain who's kind of, like... Like, what will she do with the Victory Project now? Like, is she going to shut it down? Or is she going to be like, oh, my God, Continue on. Yeah. Because I kind of could see the justification of saying that we don't know a lot about this organisation or what's happening because it is relatively underground. It's expanding and growing, but it's still underground. And you could make that comparison between very dark regimes now mm-hmm. and how we don't know a lot about what's happening mm-hmm. it's done very secretively but it's all online but equally part of me doesn't like that part of me doesn't like in movies having to create far-fetched theories to try and explain it yeah. some of it does feel lazy yeah i will say to you now because i've looked into it and i don't fully understand supposedly there were original scripts or drafts or stories of it and the screenwriter Katie Silberman obviously took that idea and wrote it. But in original pictures and original versions, from what I can gather, mm-hmm. originally in one version, the characters' names might be different, but essentially the character of Jack was in a lift with Alice at, like when she was at mm-hmm. the doctor's. And the idea is that he did kidnap her. Okay. In another version... I heard the about... future is like set in twenty. It's in twenty fifty. Mm. She wakes up in twenty fifty, but then she wakes up in a nineteen fifties hospital. But then what? Bunny comes in and tells her, "Oh, I found a portal to escape properly." And it ends with them jumping through this other portal into the real world, I... and it ends. So there were other versions of yeah, it, and well, I think just quickly going off that dead fast, I read something saying that the original, um, the original script had before like Olivia Wilde stepped in and Mm. kind of like started changing stuff apparently the thing in real life was a little bit more explored like it wasn't really just a couple of flashbacks and like one scene in the present Alice wakes up in real life she she wakes up fights Jack so I'm assuming she wasn't restrained and I don't I don't know how it all played out but there's divorce papers on the table yes I heard about this yeah yeah um so yeah yeah I think, but it makes some sense in that regard, the idea that it's almost like this amalgamation of different scripts and ideas. So, it, yeah, it does make sense in that regard and in that context. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else? Well, I do quickly want to say, the soundtrack, there some parts I didn't like. I didn't almost like this weird, loud R's later on. Yeah, I know what you're on about. Um, that I wasn't a big fan of, but the kind of the panting breathy music moments with like this synth Mm. stunning beautiful Mm. i love that part Mm. of the soundtrack and that really helped that was a random comment but i love that Mm -hmm. yeah what was your kind of what did you like Mm -hmm. what was your least what was your favorite part what was your least favorite part i need a minute to like think about what i like like my favorite part do you want me to go yeah you go okay so my favorite part was the build-up from a first-time viewing experience. I do think that the second viewing, I got less enjoyment out of that because I knew what was happening. But I do like the build-up, the premise, the mysteriousness of Mm -hmm. it all. But then 
it's kind of my least favourite part as well in that regard, mm-hmm. that we don't know what happens. And my absolute worst moment is the fact that I felt as though it was marketed as this very pleasurable experience. But in reality, it's about a woman being restrained against her will, not able to make any choices for herself. And that's what I really didn't like. Honestly, I think that my favourite part is probably like the whole, the entire aesthetic of the movie. I love the juxtaposition between the real world and the simulation. I love the visuals i love like how food is explored through it and the aesthetic behind like the cracking of the well when the egg releases an egg rather than like i love the cracking of the egg the pouring of the coffee like watching it it made me feel very satisfied like it was a I don't know, just, like, the whole visual concept of it. I literally loved it so much. And that was, like, the thing I came out of the movie being, like, the visuals in that were just stunning. You said that so much more fluent than me. God. (laughs) (laughs) And then my least favourite part, which, like, it's not even, like, an original thought at all, but my least favourite part is obviously, like... Well, not obviously, but, like, the gaslighting and just how fucking frustrating i found it especially during the dinner party scene the gaslighting throughout that whole entire scene frustrated me so much both times i saw it i was just like oh i just wanted to get up and just punch frank across the face not chris pine though love you chris pine like i said overall i had a good time It's an interesting experience. I will say interesting. It may not be fun for you, but it's an interesting experience. So I would slap it right bang in the middle, two and a half slays (gasps) out of, yeah, two and a half slays. That really shocked me. Wait, what is the slay rating fully? Is it going to be 10? Out of five. Do you want out of 10 or five? I think out of five. Yeah. Two and a half slays out of five slays. I would probably say four out of five slays. So yeah. I don't feel like enjoyed I need to it. justify that. I yeah. feel like I've spoken enough about why I enjoyed it. But yeah, the the minus one sleigh is just, I think just all of the unanswered bits like yeah. really got to me. And like now that we've spoke more in depth about them, like it is frustrating and it sort of makes me think like, have these just been included so people don't talk about them and people just kind of go, oh, how good was the bits that did make exactly. sense? And I think the I mean? drama does hurt it as well a little bit still, like yeah. you said. It is hard to separate. Iconic moment in pop culture history, but equally damaging the movie. Yes. And I think on that note... That's the end of our first episode. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. If you have any comments, thoughts, ideas, mm-hmm. opinions, advice, please, please send them in. Yes. An email address will be linked in the description. So, yes, please, please let us know what you think. Thank um, you so much. And we hope you enjoyed it. Don't worry, darling, is out now. I'm sure it will come soon to streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to pay the £20 that I paid... <laughs> Uh, but thank you so much <gasps> for thank listening. Thank you, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Bye.